The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. To another episode of Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host. You can always go to positivetalkradio.net and find out all about us, what we're doing here, and all the episodes that we've compiled over time. And uh, and I'm looking forward to today's show as well. She's been on the show before. Enjoyed her so much that we decided we had to have her back. Her name is Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. I actually said that right, I yes, think. Yes, you did. Very, very good. And it's great to have you here. Welcome back to the show. Oh, hi, Kevin. It's great to see you and have another conversation with you. It really is. And uh, over there, right next to you, over your left shoulder, is the title and the, the artwork of the first book that you wrote. But we have a lot of exciting news today because that is uh you you you've been busy since the last time we talked I uh, god came to my garage sale is the title of that book and that came out in 2019 and it's doing really really quite well you were just in, doing a book signing uh in down in florida i believe it was yeah yeah i was in miami last week doing a book signing what's it like in miami i've never been there it's wonderful well, i was actually born there um but I, you know, there are so many different parts of Miami, just like any big city. Um, so you can have your small neighborhoods and you can have the big city part. And um, I just think it's great. I love traveling and I love meeting people wherever I go. Which is, which is awesome. Now let's talk about God came to my garage sale. What, what is, what was the motivation for the book and what's it about? Well, you know, it, it came about because I was in a life change. I was, I was leaving a marriage after 27 years. I, I had to leave a beautiful home, a beautiful neighborhood and downsize. And I, so I had this garage sale, but instead of having any kind of feelings of negativity, um, sadness, anger, regret, revenge, nothing like that. I stayed true to the values that I've always had, which is that of love, goodness, being kind to one another, um, being honest, compassionate. And so I was in a state of gratitude right before the garage sale and during the garage sale and some miracles really happened. Some spiritual miracles that, you know, just um, changed the course of my life, honestly. And it really prompted me to do a lot of research into um, spirituality, into God, into um, 
signs and synchronicities that are out there. And because these experiences were, were so life-changing, I was compelled to write a book. And that author, you know, then I became the author of God Came to My Garage Sale. And can you describe some of the synchronicities and, and things and some of the epiphanies? Because you were married for 27 years, and so you were not a child when when you went through the changes in your life that led you to where you are today. Right. Can you talk a little bit about what what those synchronicities are and what you discovered about yourself and about others in the writing of your book? Yeah, sure. Well, I you know, I should preface this that, you know, I have an atheist background. I was really not exposed to organized religion or spirituality at all growing up. So you need to explain that to me because I don't understand atheism atheism because doesn't that mean that you don't believe in anything? You don't believe in anything. Nope. That when you're dead, you're dead. And yep. and yep, and that's it. You know, and and we don't have souls that go on and we don't have an afterlife and we don't have a divine power, um, a being, whether it's God or angels or anything like that. No, there, there, there was and I had it wasn't like I consciously made the decision to be atheist. I just um, grew up that way. So I didn't know any other way. But then as I. As I got older, especially in my college years, I became more agnostic where I'm questioning these things. I'm really believing there has to be something more. When I even think about our human bodies and how miraculous they are with our systems and you get a cut and then you get a scab or that you can create another living being. I mean, it's just too, too um, miraculous for me to just believe that, you know, it, it's all just by chance. So, so I did slowly make my way originally towards religion, to organized religion, to check that out. And, you know, that served me well for a time, although I found a lot of hypocrisy in, in that kind of, you know, you have to be in this one building to, experience the divine where i really felt the divine was everywhere it was within you it was in me it was in nature and and so i had experiences throughout my life um when i was older with the church and with um with just my belief system and but i will tell you it was a real pivotal time when i had the garage sale and and some of these these more spiritual, you know, events happened that made me really question, you know, is there more to this earth? And, and that led me on a path, I would say more of spirituality. You know, we've, I've talked about that quite a little bit and the bears repeating that in many, in many cases in the people that I've talked to and the people in my own life, including myself, there seems to be two really relevant questions. That you had you that at one point in your life you're going to ask yourself. And the first one is, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. Is this all I get? Is this all I get? Uh, you know, I get the, I get this and that's it. And the other one is, why am I really here? 
What am I really here to do? And at one point in, in time, it's like our intuition wakes us up and says, you know, maybe you got to think about the deeper meaning of life and what you're doing and, and what, what, why did you really come here? What is, what is your motivation? Did you, those questions uh, attracted you to them as well, right? Most definitely, most definitely. And it's not that I had the answers to all of them, but I sure was questioning well, and that's part, that's part of the, that's the joy of the journey. Hey, that's a book. Yeah. Then, we didn't write it. <laughs> that's not you. This will be your seventh book, um, <laughs> which is, which is the joy of the journey is to, is to, because we don't all have the answers and we wow. never will have the answers. We, but we can learn about how we can live our lives a little bit better and a little bit more joyful and, and a little bit more fun. So it is in the journey. And you're, and that's your journey that you're going on. Yeah, definitely. And I believe that I have a journey. In fact, because I have that belief, it's enabled me to handle some of life's challenges and significant losses, um, leaving toxic relationships or, you know, trying to figure out why bad things happen to good people. And, you know, it's all part of the journey and the people and experiences that we have or meet along the way help form, you know, who we really are um, at the core of our soul. And it, it is, it does take time, you know, and um, even though you might think, well, gosh, I wasted how many years in this relationship, or if someone is not happy in their job, they may look at that really negatively, but really even negative experiences, I think, can bring us towards the light, towards positivity. And it's almost like we need to experience um, the differences between dark and light to really appreciate, you know, where we are going and where we would like to go. You know, it's interesting that you say that, and I'll use a metaphor here, and that is I used to be in sales for like a long time. And when we would, when I would go on a, on a call and the call was not successful, I would feel bad and I would call that a bad experience. But then when the sale was successful, I would call that a good experience. But after all, it was all just an experience. But if I didn't have the negative ones, I wouldn't appreciate the positive ones. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, you know. So, you know, so even even the the job like you said that didn't that you didn't get or that didn't go well or the relationship that ended, you know, horribly. <laughs> oh, I I've, I've had lots of them. <laughs> you know, they those people and those experiences can actually be blessings to guide us yeah. on our path. And and you know, I just choose to look at all of my experiences through a lens of love, honesty, compassion, forgiveness, and goodness. And, you know, when you have that kind of outlook, you know, you really can't be um, pulled down by so many negative forces that are out there. You know, there are people that, that don't want you to succeed and don't want you to be happy. And, you know, we certainly the last couple of years have experienced such you know, uh, shock and negativity and fraud and corruption and things that are just mind boggling how negative it is. But, you know, if we can try to still keep a positive outlook, 
I, I think we are better off and, and we, you know, we'll be moving towards um, the positive and, and eventually truth prevails in everything, whether it's relationships or whether it's in the narrative that, you know, we are meant that we hear that we, we are told, you know, the truth eventually comes out and, you know, there can be a lot of loss and pain along the way, but like we talked about before, it it can also help us appreciate the joy and the good. Well, and you know, I think that you need to be on this show that I know of, and it's called, it's called Positive Talk Radio, because yeah. you are you are in the, you are just saying exactly what this show is about, which is why it's really cool to have you here, and I want to thank you for coming. Well, thank you, Kevin. You know, and it's really coming from the heart, and I really resonate with your mission and really enjoyed our conversation before and with Nathan. I don't know if Nathan is still around, um, but you know, we really, we really connect because we have the same kind of outlook and, and there are many positive people out there, but it's, it, it's important to still have these conversations to, to help let others know that, you know, there is positivity out there and it's not all negative and there is hope. And even when you think, you know, you've lost everything or, you know, um, things just haven't gone your way, it will turn around in time. Things will turn around. It's all part of the journey yeah. that we are all on. And again, without, without the, the, and you know, you were talking about relationships and the bad relationships that you've had or, I've had or, or whatever, but it's the experience that we're learning through it. And I have come to realize now that I'm a little more, you know, seasoned, mm -hmm. I've, I've come to realize that every relationship, it has value. Yeah. And actually you learn a lot about yourself in going through relationships and the ups and downs oh, no of them. you learn a lot about yourself and then at some point you know you learn to put up some boundaries in a positive way where you realize hey you have value you have worth and you're you know there's some things that you'll tolerate and there are other things that you know you're just not interested in you'd rather surround yourself with like-minded people that you know um are are honest and loving and and have good intentions which is a really important part of where you're going in your life because if you surround yourself with people that are have lower energy or vibrating at a lower level they can drag you down and so just bless them and move on Right, right. Actually, I, I say prayers for my abuser. I say prayers for negative people everywhere because they need our prayers. You know, they're really unhappy, you know, people if they need to live in such negativity and, and with such malice, you know, that's, that's not the way I choose to live. And so they do need our prayers. And, and I sincerely do pray for for goodness to prevail at all times especially playing praying for your abuser takes yeah. quite a little bit of maturity to be to be willing to even talk to god about somebody like that yeah. you know and stuff so it's awesome and this is writing has for you 
writing and the style with which you write has become your passion. Um, so much so that you have done something that I have not really heard about very much. You've got five books out and they all came out like in the same year kind of thing. Almost. Yeah. The, it's a true deceit, false love series. Um, I have them behind me here and there are five books and, you know, I didn't really plan on writing this series, but the first book um, is actually 15,555 terms and phrases having to do with this family trauma. And it really came out of me doing my own research to try to understand narcissistic personality disordered individuals or try to understand parental alienation, which was a complete shock to my world. And it would be to any father or any mother that, you know, loses their children based on a false narrative just completely. And in my case, they were adults. So that was even an added kind of, I mean, in some ways it was, it was a, a better situation because I didn't have to deal with custody and the courts and all of that with regards to the children. Um, but at the other hand, it's, it's kind of shocking because you think 20 year olds and 25 year olds and now 30 year olds would, would know better. They, they, they experienced you as a parent and, you know, it's, it's just shocking. But, but anyway, I um, had, I was writing down terms that I didn't know like gaslighting or stonewalling or golden child or any of these things. Now I, I, I want to stop you there. I got two questions for you. First of all, describe for me what a narcissist is. I keep hearing that term, but I've never seen it like in, in real practice. So what is a narcissist? You know, I'll tell you, there's many different definitions and there's many different types of narcissists. So a narcissist is someone who in general, that it's all about them, that they don't have empathy, that they really are into control or manipulation or uh, success, however they define it, or attention. They need attention. A big, big term that's used with narcissists is they, they need supply. And, and, it always sounded strange at first, but now I really get it. They need, you know, just like a car needs gas or electric now to, to go, you know, just like our bodies need food to keep going. A narcissist needs supply. They need admiration. They need, um, lots of times they need people below them that will follow their orders or that they can manipulate and control that they get something from. But there are many, many different types of narcissists. And, you know, um, for example, there's a covert malignant narcissist who that type of person can look wonderful to the public. They wear a false mask. In fact, all of my books, you know, have a, a a person, an abuser with a mask on their face and the mask is slipping because at some point the narcissist really exposes themselves for who they really are. Their true colors are shown. You know, it may take years and years and years, but they've, they've snowed so many people and so many of these people are in high top positions. They can be church leaders. They can be, um, leaders of a school or a social organization. 
they can, um, they, they, lots of times they're CEOs of companies and the president of this or that, because they really love that, that power and control. But the covert malignant, not only do they need that kind of outward persona, which is like a public image, they can be very, very different behind closed doors. In fact, people that have known them for you know, years, 20 years, 30 years would never believe that they would ever, you know, be malevolent and have have a negative streak. But because they, they don't see it in the public, they put on a certain kind of uh, face. But if they're covert malignant, they they definitely have their source of supply. And many of them have infidelities, both men and women, you know, that so they have like a harem closet, you know, a harem garage of a number of people that are on the sidelines, just either involved with them while they carry on a double life, a triple life, a quadruple life, you know, or they are just waiting on the sidelines for, you know, when they get the opportunity to, to hook up or whatever it is. But, you know, they, they don't have really good intentions and they know what they're doing. You know, they're not they're not just, um, you know, shocking themselves by this behavior. They they're calculated. They in fact, lots of times these type of people will will seek you out. They actually have kind of indirectly interviewed you and figured you out before you even got into a relationship with them, you know, let alone a partnership or, you know, um, whether it's a work relationship or, or a marriage or you know, something like that. And sometimes these people are actually our family members, you know, that sure. we are, we are conditioned to believe that, you know, family is forever and they'll always have your back. And, you know, you'll, you really are on the same page all the time, but that's not always the case either. And that's a hard, hard realization for people to come to terms with, Hey, wait a minute, maybe, maybe it's not a healthy relationship and maybe I need to step back a little bit and take care of myself. So, so there's a covert malignant narcissist, but then there's also an overt narcissist. You know, I remember an overt narcissist in my workplace and this person would just make an appearance every time in the office. You would always know when they were there and they were loud and they were, they were constantly needing attention and constantly bragging about themselves. And um, when other people would try to, to talk, they, they would over, you know, shadow them. And, and some of these people will actually um, take credit for work that they did not do or something like that. I mean, so, so there's overt narcissism and there's somatic and there's spiritual narcissism and there's, you know, so there's so many different types of narcissism that you can't really give a general definition. And in fact, in my first book, which was in 2019 or that was 2020, um, with 15,555 terms, I purposely don't put definitions down because when people look through all these terms and then they try to kind of put the pieces of their own puzzle together, you know, connecting the dots, that type of research actually is very, very healing. And, and that can help bring awareness and, and, you know, purpose and understanding of what 
people have gone through. And that's so necessary. Um, I think that if you just provide a simple definition, if someone doesn't completely fit into that definition, then they might just not have a good understanding of what narcissism is. Well, and I, I have learned that uh, it, because it, narcissism has been described pretty, pretty, and your, your definition uh, by one of our former presidents of late, um, who was very, very much like that and, uh, and stuff. So, and, and uh, powerful people become powerful because they're interested in the, um, praise and the, the manipulation and the power and all that stuff that they can have and do over other human beings. And, uh, it, right. you know, but then there's some people that are narcissistic that also have positive qualities because they did sure. get to the position of CEO or, you know, leader of this, you know, they got to it with some positive qualities. Um, it's just, you know, so it's hard to, to kind of define someone in just one way because we are all multifaceted. So actually some very good can come out of people that, have leadership qualities and sure. there are there are many people that really need um a leader to to take the reins with with whatever whether it's an organization a country or whatever you know so so they're they're pros and cons um well now there's a difference between being a leader and being a narcissistic leader because being a leader means that you're empowering people around you and that you're not taking it for yourself. Right. You are, you're doing it for the collective good of all. Whereas a nice a narcissist is like, Hey, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing and, and stuff like that. Right. So, but at the same time, like, you know, I am very familiar with, you know, a, a few covert malignant narcissists that, that even though they are all about themselves, they also have the ability to, connect with other people and help empower them to, to grow and to succeed. So really, you know, it's, it, I do understand, you know, what you're saying, but I, I think that we need to be very careful about, you know, um, even, even with my abuser, like, you know, we were saying, I, I have to be very careful. And I think we all should be very careful with just labeling people as this or that because really there is there is uh there's a people are multifaceted and there's and and i think that you know overall they could have more tendencies towards the the power and control and the admiration and all that um but i i just think we need to look at and we need to look at ourselves and where we are at and i think for us acknowledging the different personality types and learning about them oh, and, sure. and talking about them can help make sense of the world. And it can also help make sense of ourselves and where we fall in that world. Well, and, and being judgmental doesn't serve anyone. So, so just, you know, just people are the way people are and some of them you'll resonate with and some of you that you won't. And it, it nor does it matter because it, <laughs> You know, right. And so, I was going to say, Kevin, then you can choose whether you want to be around these people. Absolutely. Whether you want to vote for these people, whether you want to, um, 
continue a relationship with these people or not. So, so really then it's up to us to decide who we want to surround ourselves with or, or, you know, what kind of values do we value? And, you know, and, and in doing so, sometimes you find that your circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller because, you know, the older you get, and I loved how you said that more seasons, the more seasons you get, the more you, you kind of get it, you know, you sort of understand, um, and you can make choices like, Hey, I need to look out for myself here. And well, you know, and when you, when you're a little bit more seasoned, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not your first rodeo and you've been down that road before with other people. And so that you can say, yeah, you know, I've, I've been down that road. I don't need to go down there anymore because right. it doesn't, it doesn't serve me as well. Right. And, that's, and that can be so painful. I'll tell you sometimes leaving, you know, like I, I actually left a friendship, a lifelong friendship um, with someone because of betrayal that I, that was actually going on for years, but that I finally acknowledged, I finally open my eyes. And again, with these kind of individuals, their mask slips, whether they know it or not, they expose themselves and the true colors are there. And, and for years, for many of us, we just ignore those kind of red flags and we just keep on going because of history with someone or, you know, the connection or, or trauma bonding. Actually, there's a lot of trauma bonding that people have with others. And, and when you start to realize that and you get to a point where enough is enough, you know, you can even walk away from something like that, even without closure. You just, but the pain is there. It's very sad to realize that, you know, um, that you've been lied to. It's very sad to realize that someone has deceived you or that has actually gone out of their way to to manipulate things and that ended up causing some, some devastation in your life. And it's very sad to realize that, but then you have to compartmentalize and realize that's not a reflection on you per se. It's more a reflection on that other person, but you know, you have the choice whether you want to stay in this or not. And, and I've gotten stronger you know, my, my fear has subsided some where I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable in my own skin and, and just realizing, Hey, there's, there's other people and other situations that, um, bring me joy. And, and one of the biggest values I have is honesty. And, and, you know, when you are betrayed, when someone is dishonest and you really know for a fact, you know, um, multiple occasions where there has been dishonesty. I don't know. I just, it's not for me. I just, um, I, I prefer to surround myself with honest people. I've always um, had the opinion that people are dishonest because there's a reason for their dishonesty. And it's because they're, they've got an, a, another agenda of some kind or another. And I choose like you, if and I, I make it clear to people I had just had a conversation with somebody just the other day. I said, I want you to know I value integrity and honesty virtually above everything else. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be dishonest with me or be have lack of integrity 
we're not going to be together very long. Right. Uh, you know, so it, because as, as, you get, as I get older, quite frankly, I don't have time for that crap anymore. No. And it's, you know, and, and you're further along than I am as far as being able to make that statement to someone. I don't, I, I kind of am doing a little bit more of sitting back and kind of reading the signs and, and trying to look beyond possibly a mask that someone is portraying a certain image. Um, you know, maybe at some point I'll get to the point of feeling more comfortable in expressing myself that way. But I certainly have with my books and, you know, I, I've been able to, like I did, you know, with that first book of terms in, in um, uh, the, the early on in the five book series. And then the four other books all came about um, in a very short time. And one was acrostic poetry. The second book was acrostic poetry, which I have really done my whole life. Um, it's more where you put a term like narcissist, let's say you put it vertically, but you write terms related to that, or you write a sentence or you write some feelings or examples, that kind of thing. Um, so the second book is actually, I used every letter of the alphabet. So imagine X and Q, they were kind of hard to do, but I was able to do it. Uh, but I wrote um, 13 acrostic poems for each letter of the alphabet. And I did it, Kevin, in a way that was not like personal or anything. I did it from the perspective of the abuser or the victim or the father or the mother or the child or the grandparent or the boss or the employee. I actually mixed up these kind of poems um, regarding these different genders and roles, but also um, mixed it up like some of the poems are informational and some deal with the emotions associated with whatever that particular term is. And so that book um, actually is the one that most people get is that that acrostic poetry book, because it really um, it really kind of spells out um, in, in a very kind of creative, but very short and simple way to understand, you know, what you've gone through when it comes to any of these, you know, traumatic relationship situations. And then the third book, um, which is a red book, it is an acrostic poetry survivor's workbook. So if other people feel that, hey, writing could be healing for me too, um, I provide a workbook to help people express their emotions and experiences on paper. And then the, the fourth book is a free verse poetry book, which was extremely healing for me. And then the fifth book that just came out, I just, I just actually picked it up from the post office um, just yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it just came out. This Kevin is a word search puzzle book. It's, you know, I'm sure people would think what's going on here. This is kind of all over the place, but it really isn't because I'm a big one in talking about terms and phrases and understanding. I think language, you know, language has the power to hurt, but language also has the power to heal. And, and so this particular book has, has many different you know, word searches and, and the topics have all sorts of related terms to them. And it's just, um, I found personally when I was 
in the early stages of understanding that I was a victim, this is before becoming a survivor of domestic violence, I found I needed to, you know, I was in shock and I was uh, in disbelief and I was in pain and, uh, but I was also happy that I could recognize what I was going through and get out of it, you know, file for divorce, you know, realize that, hey, I'm, I'm done. This is not for me, you know. Um, but I found myself doing crossword puzzles or word searches or jigsaw puzzles. And, and that actually was very calming for me. It really, really helped me learn the terms, you know, uh, I loved words and I, I loved, you know, learning and, and that was really great for me. So I thought I would incorporate that in my series. Oh, that's a, that's very creative of you. I would have <laughs> never in a million years would have thought to, to put the five books together in the way that you did. Now yes. and you brought up another term that is, is a more modern term. That, but I'm not really familiar. I've never had a definition of it. So since you're into words, yeah, I think oh, yeah. you can give me one, which is gaslighting. What in the world is gaslighting? Yeah, that I can give you a definition of. So gaslighting um, is something that someone intentionally does to another person where they question, they, they have them question their reality. Actually, that term gaslighting came from the 1944 movie, called Gaslighting. And it was an old time movie where the, the husband was slowly doing things to make his wife kind of go crazy and question her reality. So he would take her keys and he would move them to another place. And she'd be all over the place looking for her keys for a couple days. And then he knew where he put them because he took them from where she put them into another undisclosed location. And then he would say, look, I found your keys. You know, they were exactly where you put them, which is all a lie. But, you know, so, and then the gaslighting, why that term came about was because the, the he would slowly turn the gaslights, you know, they didn't have electricity back at that time. Right. He, slowly turn the gas lights down at times so that she knew she turned it up, but then it would slowly go down. And so that is, that is where that term originated. But in, in real life, it is where, you know, you are made to believe you're You're questioning your reality. Your abuser can say to you, uh, you might walk in and see your abuser with, having an affair with another person and your abuser could say to you, this isn't what you are seeing. And, and, but you see it and they're saying, no, no, you know, are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? You know, th th this is not what, this is not what you think. And you must be believing, you know, something strange or, or you would, you would realize that they've done something really bad you know they might have done something with the money and you 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 actually caught them doing something whether it's illegal or immoral or whatever and and you bring it to their attention and they'll say no no you're mistaken that that never happened well wait a minute i have proof right here no that's that's you know you must be making that up 
um, or, or that must be someone else. That's not me. And so what, what happens is you slowly start questioning yourself. Did I really see that? Did I really, did that really happen? And, and abusers are very skilled at um, putting you down and belittling you very subtly, you know, so they can slowly isolate you. So you don't, you know, by the time you finally realize what's going on, you don't have your family and friends or neighbors as support system that have known you for all these years because the abuser can, you know, has slowly worked on them to say, you know, oh yeah, you know, or like the, the wife could say something like, oh, my husband is in the hospital. He's got mental issues. When really the husband might've been to the hospital because he needed stitches. So he went to the hospital for stitches, but the wife could turn it all around and make it appear that he's mentally unstable, but say to the people, don't say anything to him because, you know, we don't want to make him, you know, suicidal or feel bad or anything like that. So keep it to yourself so that these people never say, oh, you know, you were at the hospital. Are you okay? When really, you know, someone could be going for stitches, but the, the narrative has been very calculated and, and manipulated to, to discredit an individual. And this happens in the workplace all the time. Oh, it, it, it happened oh. in, my, it happened in my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had no idea that it was called gaslighting, but that, that is exactly um what what happened and it uh you know so i i get that it's it's you know human behavior i would love to study more about human behavior because i think it's fascinating that somebody goes see i'm a simple guy i don't think in terms of let's see if i do this and if i tell this person this and then if i do this and then i can make this person think that they're crazy and then they and i i don't think like that i try you know i'm much much more simple than that but right and actually there's a lot of people that are more simple and that's why empathetic people like myself like you you know we're we're it's very hard for us to understand why someone would take the time and put the energy forth to create a narrative and a scenario, you know, all with the intention to, to hurt another person. I mean, that's, you know, why, why it's very hard for you to understand because you don't think like a criminal, you know, when you're not a criminal, you don't think like a criminal. And so these people are very disordered. They're very, very disordered, you know, and they will never get diagnosed, of course, because no. um, they don't think anything is wrong with them. But but really, you know, they need our prayers because, you know, they don't need our attention. I don't necessarily need to be involved with them, but I certainly can from a distance pray for them because they really are living themselves in a false reality and they're causing so much damage to so many people. And, and it's just like a train wreck. Um, and they're very, they're very unhappy people. And it seems like they move on fast from one relationship to another because eventually people kind of figure them out, you know, and they realize, yeah, this is, this is not an honest way of living. So, so really, Kevin, it's a great thing that you do not understand this because good people should not understand um, how, 
the mind works of these disordered people that really want revenge and and are vindictive and you know they they live their life calculating their next move when when the rest of us are living our life you know and just enjoying it that's too damn tiring yeah. <laughs> it really it really is not not something that i would i would advocate anybody do by the way we're talking with dr marnie hill Fodorero, and she is the author of six books now the one behind you there and then the the name of the other five again the, the series deceit, false love true deceit false love That's right and it addresses domestic violence narcissistic abuse parental alienation and intergenerational family trauma not like we have any of that mind you yeah <laughs> but actually spirituality and family issues and coming into your own and and realizing your worth a lot of it is all very interrelated in fact a lot of people um go through some sort of trauma before some sort of spiritual awakening. And, you know, in a near-death experience situation, which I've studied a lot of those, heard many different testimonials, um, you know, th those were very, very life-changing. Um, you know, those people actually flatlined. They physically died and had an experience and came back and were compelled to talk about it or write a book or speak on it. Um, I didn't flatline, but I did have that trauma when I left that marriage. And, and then eventually when I realized that parental alienation was part of my experience, I was just shocked to my core. So the trauma that I had is very much like experiencing a death. And, and because of the trauma, I think somehow our hearts and minds and spirits become more open to, to signs and synchronicities. And, and we do go through a period of self-reflection to figure it all out. And a lot of that can lead towards moving towards spirituality. So I really believe that all of my books are very much related to one another. And I think you should go get them. You can get them at Barnes & Noble. You can get them at, on Amazon. And uh, if you're a local bookseller, by the way, I'm kind of a uh, like to, because they're kind of a dying breed, if you have a local bookseller um, that is in your neighborhood, go there and have them order the book so that they can stay in business because that's, it is one of those things that in the not-too-distant future, booksellers are not going to be, up and down the street any, anymore. They're not going to be in brick and mortar. So, so do that. And that would be, that would be a moment of kindness that you could do that with somebody uh, and, and help them stay in business. You agree with that, by the way? I think that that's fantastic. And actually, you know, I've never done a book signing at a big box kind of store. They've all been smaller booksellers. Good for you. And, yeah. And that's, you know, um, and, and I've really had some amazing connections um, with people. And I do book signings all across the nation. I, you know, I ski every year out West. And so usually within the, the trip, I incorporate, you know, a book signing there and um, where I live, I'm, I live in the Caribbean. So I'm in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. So if we want to go anywhere, we end up having to go 
for the most part to Florida. So I've had a number of different, you know, experiences and book signings in Florida, but I do try to support the local people, whether it's a, a spiritual store or whether it's a bookseller. Um, I just really believe in that as well, too. We need to support local. Absolutely. And you yeah. are, you. so you are in the Virgin Islands? Yeah, yeah. Your, in your internet connection is fabulous. Yeah, it's right. Right now it is. I actually live on many acres in the rainforest. So sometimes it can be spotty, but um, for the most most part, it's okay. You know, we, we do have running water and we do have, you know, we do have some of the amenities, um, including Wi-Fi. So. Well, but but you also get hurricanes on very we often. We do, we do. Yeah. Now I've only lived here um, three years, so um, and and we went under contract before these two big hurricanes, Irma and Maria, and so luckily, the home that I am currently living in, which will be my forever home, I believe, survived beautifully with the hurricane, even though I'm I'm as high as you can be on top of a hill overlooking the ocean in the rainforest. It's, um, it's a very solid home, which is great. So, but yeah, we do get storms here. We get really? a number of different things here. In fact, just yesterday I caught my 19th boa constrictor since I've been here. Oh, that's 19 too many for me. 19 too many, but I, I, I actually, I'm getting pretty good at it right now. So, you know, but, and I do have an appreciation of nature, uh, but I do have a healthy fear of some things as well. So. Exactly. How big was the boa? Uh, this particular one, I think was between four and five feet, but we've caught a uh, 12 footer. Um, many of them are just two feet. Um, you know, so it, it all depends. I mean, what's great is there's no venom. So if you do get bit, which would be no fun, you, you wouldn't have poison put in you. Right. Um, you know, so that's, that's an added, you know, that's something that, you know, brings me some peace. Although well, we do have centipedes and they can, they can be, I was bit once by a centipede and that was extremely painful. That was at least a two month recovery. Well, you've just given me 20 reasons why I'm not going there. Yeah, that's okay. Well, <laughs> stay where you're at, Kevin. That's fine. I was in the Chicago suburbs for a lifetime, and I loved it there. Um, but, you know, when I had all these life changes, I had the opportunity to decide where I wanted to go. And my partner, Rick, and I have traveled the world together. We really did explore many places, spending a month in India, a month in Thailand, a month in Israel, as well as many long weekends and vacations throughout the United States and Mexico. And, you know, we kept on coming back to the Caribbean because we, we really just love the ocean. We love the sun. We love the fact that we can still be in the United States but kind of feel like we're in a foreign country. I mean, we drive on the left here. It's very different. And, you oh know, there's, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's many different, you know, cultures here. And, and so we kind of really found our, our, the place that makes us happy. 
Awesome. That I'm glad. I'm glad that you've done that, and that you're living your passion. You're living your dream, and your passion is writing books. And if somebody, do you have a website that we can reference? Yeah, I do. It's actually the title of my spiritual fiction. So triple W, God came to my garage sale dot com, and Perfect. on that website you can find out about me, my books. Um, I have a happening section where my latest post will be our interview and um and our conversation so i let people know kind of what i've been involved in and um and what podcasts it's been just a joy i mean i was thrilled when you reached out and asked me to return on your show because you know doing these podcasts to bring awareness to my books or to these topics they're very enjoyable and i meet some amazing people but sometimes i meet extra amazing people and kevin you're one of those Oh, golly. I mean it. I mean it. it. And I I said that before, too. So I really really appreciate you and what you're doing. And and you're a shining example of living your passion and 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 having a great life. Now, to be said now, having said that, that doesn't mean your life has been all puppies and rainbows that it's had its 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 issues. But the, the, the thing I want everybody to understand is that you came out the other side. Right. And I think how we handle our challenges, you know, even though I don't have my adult children in my life, being a mother still is the biggest joy of my life. And even though I'm not in their day to day and vice versa, I'm still role modeling for them that, you know, you can be handed, you know, some bad situations. And but, you know, how you handle these challenges it's very important. You can choose to to be negative and, you know, live in self-pity and, you know, turn out to be narcissistic or revengeful yourself. Or you can choose the way I have chosen to live, just happy um, and, and enjoying life, you know, living, understanding, doing the work to understand what I've been through, find my role in it. And, you know, but live a beautiful life. I mean, every day I'm, I wake up extremely happy and, um, and I get to do what I love where I, where I love. And you know what, the, the, what's really cool about that is that, uh, I like to have the you, people like you on the show. So you're going to have to come back and do this again so okay. that we can, we can talk more because you're a shining example of what you, what you can do if you set your mind to it and you, you let some of that stuff go and you, and you live your life completely and fully. And I, I advocate that and I appreciate you for that. And in fact, sadly, I can always tell when I've had a good time doing the podcast because it goes so fast. And I unfortunately have got to, got to wrap it up, but I just want to say thank you so much and, and go to your website, which is God came to my and you can find out all the information you need to know about her, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodderero. And I want to thank you. And go go in the yard and catch a snake or two, would you? <laughs> I, I probably will, you know, sometime soon. <laughs> well, it's inevitable. Just be careful that you don't get the mama uh, big one that's 15 yeah. feet or something. That would be awful. So anyway, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this one up, my dear? No, just, you know, I'd like to provide your viewers and listeners just with hope, you know, please um, be inspired to live your true life. 
and handle whatever challenges come your way just with positivity, honesty, love, goodness, and, and life will get better. So just if you're in a dark place right now and, and you're, you're, you're not feeling so great and your outlook is negative, you know, you have the power to change that. You have the power to decide and choose how you want to respond to any challenges. I wish I'd have said that myself. That was beautifully said. Thank you so much. And again, go to uh, GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. Find out all you need to know and buy the book. It's a great book. It's been selling really well. So thank you, doctor. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks uh, so much, Kevin. You wait right there. I'll be right back. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of kmmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.